0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds podcast.
1: Each episode we invite extraordinary guests who are masters of their craft, their innovators, entrepreneurs, and of course, motorcycle enthusiasts who have made their mark in the world. They share their stories, insights, and hard-earned wisdom, giving you a front-row seat to the strategies and experiences that shape their successes. So sit back, grab a drink, and get ready for an exhilarating ride as we dive deep into the minds of these exceptional individuals.
0: Along the way, we'll uncover powerful strategies gain fresh perspectives, and explore the limitless possibilities of what it takes to be an American Mastermind. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds podcast. I am your host tonight, Topher Sheeler. I'm joined by Mr. Rob Adams. What up, what up? And we've got Alec Langdon up on the soundboard. And we have a very special guest tonight for you, ladies and gentlemen. We have Alma Merrill, the founder of the Closer Cult, with us here tonight. And let's jump right in. What's this is going to be a lot of fun, What's up, man. guys. Thanks for
1: coming. <laughs> I'm excited to have you on here. Dude. Alma had me on his podcast about a year ago, almost yes. to the day. Really. Actually,
2: exactly a year. Ago. Yeah, I yes. was thinking
1: about that on the way in here, and it was like one of the good experiences. And I've known Alma for 12 years, 10 years. Long time, yeah, a long time. Um, but we, we, in passing, it's not like we've hung out together and you know had a sleepover or anything like that. But there he is over there doing. Not some that cool we stuff. want anybody to know about. <laughs> yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah right, right, right. We're not going to put that on yeah. the podcast. <laughs>
2: um,
1: but admired him from afar, and um, I'm going to start with a quick story about Alma, if that's okay. Please, so yeah. set up I problems. love stories
2: about myself.
1: So <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a brand new real estate agent, and I um, when you're new in an industry that you have, a, you're surrounded by giants. Um, it's easy to walk up and be like, man, when I grow up, I want to be like Alma Merrill. When I grow up, I want to be like George. I want to be like John. I want to be like... It's easy to hang David. I mean, was, I had a lot
2: of... <laughs> there were some gr- yeah, unbelievable people in that
1: organization. In our world. Yeah. And um, Alma had been in a little bit longer than I had and um, had been kind of drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit longer than I had. And um, my company was bought by the company that he was already a part of. And so I kind of came into this larger organization.
2: That's right. Organization. You came from elite,
1: huh? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Came from the small... small little. Mom and Pa shop to like this big national organization, and um, Alma was showing up. He'd sit in the front. He was like, he knew his lines, he knew the scripts and stuff like that. And I had this big listing appointment come up. Okay. And I'm a brand new real estate agent. You remember this? Yeah. And yeah. I, I, um, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm I was terrified because this was like a, a million two back then. Probably now is probably a two point five. It's it was like a it was a big house up <laughs> on the east side, you know. And I was terrified. And so I went and I said, um, and this was hard for me because I was an older agent. I'm not like a young kid right out of high school. I was already kind of seasoned, right? And I went to Alma and I said, dude, uh, do you have time to go with me on a listing appointment? And he's like, yeah. like there's no hesitation. He's like, yeah, this is what it looks like. This is what we're going to do. And I'm like, here's the address and here's the deal and here's the thing. And he's like, great. You want to drive or you want me to drive? I'm like, mm, I'll drive. And so uh, we roll down there. We go into this this um, house. And this guy was a professional, like a real estate Kind of like a fisherman. Like, he just wanted to see what we had to say about his property. Like, he wasn't a serious seller. Right. <laughs> and I hadn't pre qualified him like I now do. Like, I didn't ask the hard questions. I just got, he was just like, yeah, come in, let's talk about real estate. I'm like, okay, see
3: ya. <laughs> 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 hey,
1: Alma didn't ask me that. He didn't judge on me or anything. But I was terrified. And I just was like, I'm just going to listen. And I'll do all the lifting, I'll do all the work, all the paperwork, I'll shuffle it. I just want to learn. And I was like, cool. So we go down to this appointment and we walk in, and this guy, he's, he's a rich old guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We went in and we sat in this big, huge living room with the giant windows looking at the mountains. Looking, right there. Yeah,
2: looking at the valley, yeah. looking at the mountains. Just yeah.
1: Gorgeous place. And um, here's my lesson. We sat down, and I was just like shaking. <laughs> and you were cool as a cucumber. Maybe you weren't on the inside, but you were just completely cool. And I had this moment of like, this guy is doing Alma. He's not doing George. He's not doing John. He's not doing all these other people. He's doing the best Alma he can do. Right. I had this moment of like, well, I don't got to be anybody except for me. I got to be a good me. I got to be the best me I can be. You just got to be Rob. Bam. And I had this like, it was like this huge like. I woke up that day like we drove back and I was just we didn't get the, the listing by the way. I the was just a he was yeah he was just wasting our time. <laughs> he was burning our day. Yeah. But, yeah. but I just had this moment of like. I got to quit trying to be all these other things. I got it. Cause you, sh- you weren't wearing a, a suit. You were just wearing, you were wearing a very nice shirt and slacks. You looked really professional, mm. but I was suited up with my tie. I was dressed up like someone else in our company. I was being someone else in the company. Right. And I had this, it was just like this super moment. I, w- I remember calling my wife and being like, babe, you're not gonna believe this. I just like I gotta quit trying hard to be other people and just be the best Rob I can be. Yeah. Did you know that? Oh,
2: that, well, you did tell me I, that oh, story. I shared the
1: story with you. But
2: it, but yeah, I ne- I didn't know that and I didn't remember that until you reshared that with me before the podcast when we talked last time.
1: A year ago and so. Yeah. Th- it's just a tremendous amount of respect for you and um and the character that you cut, man. It's just a, <laughs> it's it's good to be around someone that's being themselves and doing that at, at a very high level. Well. Yeah. Um, and there's no, there's no shame in the game, man. It's just a good thing. And so as I watch you and I've se- I've been around you now for a long time, kind of watching from the outside, you are on a path of continuous, like self-improvement. And when I say self-improvement, it seems to me, and um, tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like it's a path of almost self-discovery more yeah, than the Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like you're, you're more and more Alma today than you were even then.
2: hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And so tell me why? Why? Like, what is driving you to this? Because this is well, gritty work,
2: brother. It's gritty, man. So, um, a little bit about my backstory. Um, I grew up in a, in a family. That's kind of why I came up with, the, with the, the name Closer Cold, right? So, I grew up in a family that was um, not normal in the way that they raised their kids. Meaning, like, we didn't go to school. Like, not homeschooled. I mean, like, no school. And so, yeah, their, their excuse was that we were homeschooled, quote unquote, but I couldn't read till I was 12. I couldn't spell till I was 21 years old on my Mormon mission. What? Like, yeah. And I, and so I didn't have any education. Um, When I came into real estate, I mean, I had just learned how to spell my first, you know, maybe sentence of words within about two years before I even started in real estate. And so my, my story goes way back to where. It was like, and I was told by my mom growing up that I had this disability, you know, she would tell me, you have a learning disability, you can't read, you know, you won't be able to spell, you won't be able to do the things that the other kids couldn't do, but then on the clusterfuck flip flip side, she would say things like, I believe in you, you can do anything you put your mind to. So my brain was always twisted as a kid, you know,
1: like, that's a very incongruent like place to be. Oh, big time. I'm broken, but I can do whatever I
2: want. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can do whatever you want. You can play in the mud. You can play a Tonka trucks, right? But you can't go do what these other kids are doing. You'll never go to school. You'll never have a profession. You know. I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to be a cop. You know, um, but I knew that I, I can't do that without an education, right? You have to have a, you have to have a degree of some kind, and you have to have a, a high school or whatever education and I just knew those things weren't possibilities to me as I was growing up. And as I was growing up, I started to realize, like, um, my life was different than the other kids. Like, they had activities, they they did sports, you know. After our, our church seminary classes, they went to school and learned things. And I always felt like a freaking idiot. And then when I was, you know, getting older, growing up into, like, you know, manhood, and started to, you know, like girls and stuff, I remember girls like confronting me on shit, like you, you, can you read? You know, because when we get in certain situations, I'd be like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, and then I would have, they, it would be like, can you read, dude? How embarrassing at 16 years old to have a girl you have a crush on ask you if you can read, and then you're just like, well, yeah, I can read, I, 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 I don't know how to read, you know? Well, what about spelling? Can you spell? And it's like, shit, no, I can't, you know, like I couldn't do this stuff. And so growing up has always been a little bit of, just like what you said, like it, it's not even like becoming the the best version of me. It was it's like a redefinition of who I am, huh. because I've had all these stages of, okay, I can do this. Now I'm gonna do this, right? Like I can do this job, right? Yeah. If I got it, I got a job. My first job when I was um, when I was uh, like a twelve, I guess something like that, 11, 12, something like that. And I was digging holes, right? I knew how to do that I learned how to do dig holes and plant trees and so for four bucks an hour I knew I could do that and then when I got older uh, that guy hired me to work at his amusement park that he owned the guy that hired me on the whole you know digging holes and planting his trees and stuff and so I worked at his amusement park but I remember working at his amusement park and just like having scenarios with the general public that I couldn't I couldn't navigate you know because I, I didn't understand what they were talking about. And so when I say, you know, when I call it closer cult, I I call it closer cult because I feel like I grew up kind of in a cultish environment. Now, I don't believe my parents intended me to grow up in a cultish environment, but I had to stay inside the home until 3.15 when the other school kids came home and walked up the street. Um, I never went to school. I couldn't read, I couldn't write. Um, I didn't have any socialization or, you know, activities. And so... I got to stop, yeah, no. stop you. I got to stop you. I got I to gotta call time out for just a second.
1: So, like, now you're... Are your folks still alive?
2: They are. My, my dad is. My mom has passed.
1: Yeah. And so I'm sure you've asked him, so, like, like what, what was the thinking? Like, why was the... What was the reasoning to keep you from going to something that costs nothing?
2: Right. Uh, the, the, the reasoning was when they were... When my older siblings were in school, they had disagreements with the way the school board taught the kids, Right. It's it's a never-ending story. Like that's still the case with a lot of people these days, right? Sure. We always have these disagreements with how they how the public school system operates. So back then they got really pissed off and pulled all their kids out of public school and said we're going to do homeschool. Well, what ended up happening is my dad went to work every day. Sure. My mom was mentally and emotionally unstable having eight children. Oh. <laughs> And, so and so not the capacity, just to no, even do it. No capacity to, to to teach children at all.
1: So, how old are you?
2: I'm 44. So I'm, I'm thinking. I look about, like I'm 32, maybe. Though. May,
1: not even that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so I think about homeschooling um, because I'm looking into it now. I've got a, a daughter. We're thinking about homeschooling, and I think about the uh, the, the formation of homeschooling. And yeah. It's a relatively new. It's it's kind of the wild west of education. Yes. And so I think about. A young man that at your age, this is happening in the 80s now, yeah, right? right? And there was no such thing as a, a format of homeschooling. No. It was just,
2: like, I, that's... Yeah, I we know. we were a part of, like, a homeschooling association, uh-huh. right? That yeah. was all, like, in our area. And uh, this was in Ogden, Utah, when I was a little kid. Um, and we just, th- that was really our only socialization. I mean, I remember the mailman knocking on the door to deliver a package. Yeah. And we open the door, and I remember him being like,
1: hey. What are you doing home?
2: Yeah, how come you guys aren't in school? And he looks up the staircase, and he sees all of us up there. Why aren't you in school? Oh, uh," we knew how to lie. My parents told us if anybody asked you why were not you at school, tell them you're off track. Huh. I don't even know what the freak off track was. I still don't know what off track is, but it was well, you something. It was off track, <laughs> and so we would tell them we're off track. And I guess what it was is it was a scheduling thing where like the schools let the kids out of school for some.
1: Yeah. I don't know. PT year-round school. It's year-round school that are on different tracks. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's.
2: I still don't know what that means. So maybe you can educate I, me. I can tell you. Yeah.
1: We won't now, but right. uh, it's it's a. Uh, that's an interesting, interesting thing. So, okay, so now here we are. Um, you're you're on your your LDS mission, yeah. And you're so you go to the MTC, and in the MTC, it's that's a reading intensive culture, right, right. there. That there. Yeah. You're supposed to. I'm read reading on
2: probably a second or third grade level, maybe.
1: Now I've been to your office, and you have shelves of books. Like you've yes. got books. Everywhere, You're a, you are a reader. Now I am, yeah. And so um, I was raised to be a reader. I saw reading in my life. I, I was raised around a reader. And right. You, so reading, reading all the time. And so I think about that. Like, how did you make this shift into...
2: And I still compensate, right? So all those books on my shelf, uh-huh. I've read most of them. Yeah. But I did it through Audible. Oh. And then I buy the book and put it on my shelf as a token of glory. Gotcha. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> all right. All right. So... But, but it's, I, I like to audible things because, you know, you may love to read. I don't love reading books in the words. Can I do it? Yeah, I can. Very well, I think. And I can even spell now really well. But back then when I was learning and I was trying to learn business text and things like that and identify what the hell business meant and what it was, um, I would just listen to, to books on tape at that time huh. and, and then books on CD and then books on Audible Cause I've been doing this now for almost 20 years. Yeah. You know? And so, but it was interesting when I look back and all the growth that I've, you know, all the, all the recreation of my life from that time. And then you add, you know, till till now and the things that I've been able to accomplish. And I feel like it's, um, it's quite a, it's quite a gift, you know, like when I served my LDS mission, you brought that up. Um, that was interesting. Because I couldn't spell. Where'd you go serve now? So I served in uh, New Mexico. Okay. Yeah. So Albuquerque, New Mexico mission. Yeah. Ninety-nine to O-one baby. <sighs> yeah. Back. Brigham Young sent you, brother. Yeah, he sent me.
1: <laughs>
2: um,
0: sent you to New Mexico for a reason. I'll clip this out later, but <laughs> nobody yeah. else can read there anyway. You're fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: Albuquerque. You don't have to clip that out. That's true. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they would tell you that. Yeah. Uh,
1: all right. So that's I didn't know that about you. That's yeah. that's kind of uh, unbelievable. I'm going to just be honest with you. You're yeah. so well spoken. You're so well. You're so. You're so put. To- I would never. And I don't. I don't mean to diminish anyone who cannot read because it's, it's something that you learn. It's a learned thing, but you're just so incredibly well-spoken. Like I've heard you speak publicly and I've heard you on the phone. I've heard you have high level conversations and there is no hesitation in your delivery of your thoughts.
2: Well, I, I feel like I just, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I remember when I went on the kind of the speaking journey of how to learn how to speak, I just went to the best mentors. Now, Not going to public school, I didn't have any expectations of what I was capable of or not. Hmm. Does that make sense? There was no limitation. Right. No Hmm. expectation and no limitation. Right, right. right? I didn't have, I was kind of like not super naive to the fact that, oh, in order to be a speaker, you need to have like all this experience or all this whatever. Um, And really, I think my message to that point is that anybody can do kind of anything they want um what's the word i'm looking for organically and logically if they put their minds to it if they really want it if they really want it yeah
1: yeah that is uh that is a lesson i'm learning over and over and over again i have people that say they want to but then they they don't right and so they don't really want to like that's I ask I ask myself that all the time things will happen that I'm intending to do that it doesn't happen and I must think I think to myself I must not
3: I must not give a shit
1: about that you know what I mean yeah it's nothing personal It just is not something that really because I would get it done if it was important I would do it that's amazing! Wow, how so, much? Yeah, there you go. Dimensions. You learn You
2: learn something new. <laughs> yeah, incredible. But so, yeah. When I when I first
1: met you, you told me that you were uh, you worked in radio for a little bit, which that's I think, right. I think um, radio. Here we are on a podcast. I think <laughs> I think any kind of entertainment business is fascinating. Yeah. Um, because you have to really be on your game. You have yeah. to You really, it's a relationship based business right yes and so tell me about the tell me about that
2: the the route to radio the route to radio, so radio was cool so i worked on uh, at 101.9 the end so the end I 101.9 the end Yeah. with, with uh, jimmy chunga yeah uh, and and i worked on the morning show with him as as a guest host
1: what was his co-host
2: uh well he had several he had chunga and the mist and mister do you mister. remember that mister mister was yeah. the one yeah. that
1: i was that's when i got in yeah
2: and so um, when I came, he was with a guy named Tyson, so Chunga and Tyson. Hmm. Um, and I was kind of actually kind of going into kind of, kind of maybe even replace Tyson. Tyson didn't like me very much. <laughs> 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 and uh, we were right at that kind of end of 101.9, the end, and then KSL came and bought the station. Um, and then uh, at, right when KSL came in, they, they shut us all down because we were too edgy for their brand and uh, killed the show and shut off the show and sold the sold the the radio station
1: man that was that was my favorite radio station that was kind yeah. of the end of radio for me to be honest with you really like after, yeah. yeah afterwards I was just like eh. yeah I had jump around and listen to like the good music but
2: yeah I used to listen to Mr. Chunga yep he had some he was an interesting dude is he still alive yeah he's still around dude yeah he's a stud He's he's got a podcast it's called Radio Ronin you guys gotta listen to it it's so freaking entertaining um, and he's got a lot of the A lot of the characters that were previously on uh, the morning show, he's got them on the show on Radio Rowland, And and he's out of Vegas. Oh, is he? Yep. Oh, uh, that's cool. He and I are still in good communication, and we text and call and talk. and. Man, he talked about,
1: he got his neck, he had neck surgery. (laughs) What? Yeah, he had this neck surgery. He's like, um, he always had a problem with his... His gobbler. Oh, his double neck. <laughs> yeah. And so he went down and done and He talked about it like, this is the most pain I've ever been in in my whole life. Don't ever do it. He's like, I don't care what you look like. You look
3: good. And it, I doesn't, remember, it, it doesn't, it's doesn't not, matter. It's, it's not, not worth, worth it. it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he talked about it in detail. Like, you're not going to believe the pain. And yeah. then this is what happened to me today. And then Kaboom. they took the things out. I can't even...
2: So funny. Oh my was, God. He had his, he had a facelift and a, and a and a gobbler tuck and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: I remember just the gobbler tuck because he was like <laughs> explicit about it. And it was kind of hilarious because he's just like just be fat. It's, it's okay. It's
2: okay. <laughs> and the way, actually the way, so the way I met him was when, when I knew I wasn't going to go to college, my, all of my friends moved up here to Utah and started going to college. Well, that eliminated my social group down in California that I was actually living in California at that time. Hmm. So about eight years old, I moved down there and I gr- basically grew up in California. What part? A uh, little, little country town called Devor, hmm. kind of rural up in the San Bernardino mountains.
3: Okay.
2: And, uh, so anyways, my friends all moved up and they, you know, they went to Mormon school, Mormon college up here at BYU and, and UVU. And I was like, well, I might as well just go to Utah. There's a lot of hot chicks, right? Yeah. So I move up um, and I just start working this job, like delivering oxygen tanks, you know, driving a truck around. And then um, I, I started, I kind of fell in love with this girl. Um, and I got introduced to this other guy who did these events he, and he was putting on the world's largest pillow fight. And I'm like, dude, he's putting on like a, a like Guinness books of world, right? Like legit Guinness is coming everything. And he's throwing this, it's on the news. And I'm like, I got to meet this guy. Like he sounds like my people. right? Yeah. yeah that's someone you got to know. Yeah. Super social. And so I link up with this guy and then he and I partner on this pillowcase thing that I just kind of faked it till I made it. Right. And so I kind of went in and he's like, yeah, dude. And I said, I'll I'll help you market. We'll do this. I had all these ideas and he goes, dude, I want you to be my partner. Like, let's do this. So we started a company called, we, we threw the world's part, largest pillow fight. There was about 150 people there. So it didn't turn out (laughs) 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 And through that massive failure. We fell in love with each other <laughs> and uh, he was Funny. a great partner of mine. We started a uh, Utah parties.com and we started, we were like, dude, we got a couple hundred people at this event. Can we do this at like a, like at a, at a dance, like a party. Right. So we started marketing the same way we marketed the pillow fight. And our very first event was like 300 people. Wow. I'm like, Holy crap, dude, that's cool. 20 bucks a head. Or actually I think it was eight, uh, seven bucks a head is what that was. And then we're like, could we do a $20 a head event? What would that look like? And what would it have to offer? And so we put this together, we figured out our numbers, we identified how many flyers we would have to put out in Utah County and and the surrounding areas in order to equal X amount of people to come. So we were expecting like maybe seven to 800 people to show up. And that first event, we called it the insomniac dance. And we had like fifteen hundred people. Holy yeah. cow! And we're like, "Holy shit, dude!" We <laughs> were like, "Whoa!" And so we're like, "Okay, can we go bigger?" Right. What? So then we we rent the McKay Event Center, which is now the UCCU Center at <laughs> Utah Valley University. Of course, right? I mean, that's the next step. That's the next step. <laughs> and so we put this event on, um, and we do the the Inferno Dance. Okay. And so we put this Inferno on, and we had like 2,500 people show up to the Inferno dance. How are
3: you yeah. me?
2: And then we're like, okay, we're getting close to the end of the year. It's New years. year's. Yeah, yeah. and the, the, the company that had done New Year's before that had fallen out and not doing it anymore. And so we're like, okay, how do we get 5,000 people to show up at 20 bucks a head? Okay, so we had musicians, we had magicians, we had uh, bands playing a skate like a half par, uh, a half pipe, pipe on the f- dance floor. We had we had radio <laughs> DJs, dude. We invested so much money into this, and we had five thousand tickets sold at the door for our New Year's Eve event. Get out of here! What wow. year is this? This is t- oh man, what year is this? Two thousand and two or okay. three something like that yeah wow. no or 4 2004. okay 2004 so 2004. right before
0: social media so this was yeah
2: so if we had faith so Facebook uh, and uh, had launched right after this okay yes All right. and so then once we had Facebook on board it became a lot easier to market and then right before we threw our next event we had it falling out he and I and oh, no. we're we're good now, but back then it totally burnt our company and we dropped we dropped everything and but in that one night we made eighty thousand at the door. Wow. In like like cash, cash money. <laughs> we were we were holding plastic trash bags, black plastic trash bags, and trading people twenty dollar bills for, for, for wristbands to get into the venue. And when they walked in they had lasers across the floor, they had fog, they had lighting, they had sound. They had a a whole stage where you go upstairs and watch bands. We had Imagine dragons there and neon trees before they were big. They were still small time. We had all these little bands, um, uh, magicians. We had a country dance room. We had hip hop. We had a, it was awesome. And we had a main dance floor and then, yeah, it just, I met my, I met my, uh, my girl there and, and we got married. I got into real estate, but then after I divorced her, my first wife after five years, so I met Chunga, um, there was this Chunga was looking for somebody to do his haunted event for Halloween because he's a big Halloween buff, right? Mm. And he's like, do you know anybody? He asked a friend of mine and my friend goes, yeah, dude, the best party I've ever been to was thrown by this guy, Alma. And he's like, if you can find him, he's the one you want to work with to do your event. And so he hits me up and I'm like, he goes, he's like, hey, is, is this Alma? And I'm like, yeah, and he goes, wait, is this, is this Alma the Younger? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, yes, it is. Because I used to call into his show as a fan. Yeah, And I'd be like, hey, it's Alma the Younger. He'd be like, Alma the Younger, what's up? (laughs) And we would chat and I would throw out something, you know, what's happening, hot stuff. You know, I'd throw out something on there and we would laugh. And then he'd hang up on me, right? Because he goes to the next Next caller. Yeah. And uh, so I was was known that my name was known on there. And he's like, man, that's awesome. It's you. And he said, "Um, can we meet for lunch? I want to talk to you about doing this event. And so we did this event, and it was very successful. It was beautiful. The lighting was perfect. The sound was perfect. Everything was awesome. It went off without a hitch. And uh, he's like, dude, I love working with you. How do I work with you? I said, have me on the show. And he goes, all right, dude, you're in. Let's do it. So he starts having me on the morning radio show. Like a regular guest. Yes. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to kick freaking Tyson's
1: ass out of here, you know? <laughs> I didn't like Tyson.
2: Dude, no. I was not a fan. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm going to be honest. He didn't dude. bring it.
2: No, he didn't bring it. And unfortunately, he was a nice guy. Sure. Really nice, but he did not bring it on the radio.
1: Yeah, he wasn't funny. He was just no. like, he'd be in the background. He'd be, he was the straight.
2: Yeah. And Chunga would be dropping like some bombs and oh, he would just yeah. be like Rrr. Yeah Come
1: on dude.
3: Well,
2: <laughs> <participate>. <laughs> and he would be offended. He was always offended by Chunga, you know. Oh was he? Yeah, and you can't be offended by Chunga. Like you can't be offended, it's you know?
1: Part of the shtick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: So that's how I got on and it was a short lived thing. We did it. I did it for like, I don't know, a couple seasons and then um, and then I was off, but it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. awesome. It's amazing. So now here we are in real estate.
1: Yes. We we arrived. We've arrived. At the business, and you're part of one of the largest organizations or most successful part of this organization throughout the whole country. Like, yes. This office that you're a part or were a part of was it was yeah, it a was machine. The, it was
2: the number one office in the United in, States. In the United States. Amazing. Um, number one office, and then and then the number one what was it office in the world, in the at, world. At, for several years yeah. in a row, and and the leadership
1: yeah. there. These guys, I'm not kidding. These the leadership there. Forever, I don't care what anyone says. Huge respect for these guys. Like, amazing. I've tried to build a few organizations. I've tried. What they accomplish and what they even are still doing is remarkable. And so we were in this culture and there was like these just giants in real estate. Like the biggest in real estate in the state were like just walking through the office. Just like regular dudes. Just mortals walking around. You know what I mean? And you could say, hey, bro, you want to go to lunch? And I took a lot of these guys to lunch. If they would even like listen to this. I was just a new...
2: Well that's a, that what was the great thing about that culture is that yeah. the Everest culture right yeah. was one of like acceptance and inclusion and love and sharing sharing you know they talked about mindsets skill sets discipline they talked about you know your thoughts lead to your emotions your emotions lead to your actions your actions lead to your results and and that was the stuff that we just had just just shoveled into our heads every single day every day every day every morning yeah. and that's what caused us to succeed on such a high level we would so they had this morning meeting What was it called? Ascent. That's right.
1: Morning Ascent. Morning Ascent. And it was just wicked early. Like, what time would we be there?
2: Uh, 7.30. 7.30. they yep.
1: are there, uh, geared up, ready to go. Ready no, to rock. You're not yep. your flip-flop chick. You're ready to work. Yeah, you're ready to freaking rock. And they start out it. with uh, these mantras. I, I succeed because I have Act done on done my goals. goals. I'm Whoa! an optimist. I am an optimist. Yeah. I drink water. There was like I, drink, a, yeah, I drink water every day, every day. There was to like, provide energy. Yeah. But it was a page. It would be a whole page yeah. of uh, things. And then there was closing. I mantras. love my
2: life. I am grateful and thankful. Yeah. I control my thinking. I believe in me. I am, yeah, enthusiastic, yeah.
1: So he's not, he's not just throwing out random ones. He's actually going
2: in order. I'm going down the list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you see my face?
2: I had a total flashback. I, I lived and but, breathed that entire environment for 18 years, dude.
1: But So in the morning, you're not just reading those things. You're shouting them. Yeah. But there's a room full of us. We're standing up, and you're like, I succeed because I act I on my, my goals. goals. And just as loud as you can. And then you go, there's a Tony Robbins one. uh, Now
2: I am the voice. Now I am
3: the voice. I will lead, not not follow. follow. I will will believe,
2: not doubt. I I will create, not destroy. Yeah. (laughs) I am a force for good. I am a force for God. Defy the odds. Set a new standard. Step Step up. Step up. up, Step up. up. Yes. Bananas. (laughs) Bananas,
1: dude. Look, I just got goosebumps. I I I did did too, dude. I did too. (laughs) And you would walk out of that office just like, I'm here. Yeah, I'm, gonna do I'm ready this. to I'm rock. I'm ready to rock, and yes. I could get on the phone and I could have people tell me the worst stories, be mean all day, and I'd be like, "Thank you, boom, all right, boom. next, boom. Yep. boom, all day," because I w- I would leave their height. Yeah, huh. and this was the culture that we were germinating. We grew up in. We grew up in. Yes. Yeah. And I just remember, how, like, the first time that I went, I am like, "What
3: <laughs> is going
1: on?" <laughs> and then we would sit down after doing this thing, and don't uh, know no, we would do the thing in the morning. We would do the, the shouting, the mantras, the Tony Robbins thing. There was one other thing that we would do. A the, 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 self, the
2: self-confidence, self-confidence formula. Self-confidence formula. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll share this with okay, you. I yeah. still have them all in a book. I actually review these things regularly because they're so <laughs> yeah, powerful. I have them
2: down here, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And so um, we would do that, and then we would run around the, um, the room, high-five each other. Yep. And then we would sit down, and George, Uncle George, yep. man, he'd get up, and he would drop some religion-like... This guy was like, he well, was, what
2: I thought was interesting he was, was he would, growing. He right? would look around the room and he would just pick out people that needed adjustment, right? Yeah, because he just knew, right?
1: And then he would put the message on, because you know, if, if Alma was struggling this one thing, mm-hmm. odds are good that there's going to be two or five other people in the room that are doing the yes. same thing. And so yeah. he would like, he would talk to Alma almost like a one-on-one coaching, super. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like. You were being stripped down. Yeah, 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 Um, Super intense, intense, yeah, yeah. Very intentional, vulnerable. vulnerable And he would just kind of break it down with you. And you were in a place where it was like, okay, let's talk about this. And you would uh, crying. Yep, lots. Lots of crying. Every day. Almost every day. And then he'd be like, and so the message is, the lesson is, this is what we're going to do. Is everybody with me? And we were all like, yes. Hell yeah, I'm with you, bro. And I would I would walk out of there and I called it being Georged up. <laughs> I've
2: never told anyone that. I, I, would, all, I, would they, to, I always used to say what would George do? Yeah, you know? WW I wanted to get bracelets. <laughs> what would George do? Easier standard, but still yeah. pretty high. Exactly.
1: Um, and I <laughs> I love you George if you're listening he won't be listening he's got stuff going on that guy but anyway I walked out and I would go to appointments all George'd up and I would be dressed like George and that's why my story with Alma was so important because I would be George'd up and I can't be George right
2: he's George he's got it covered
3: he's got the
1: whole account Locked up, and I I, so I just need to be the Rob. Because here's
2: a, but here's the thing. Here was the good thing about being George at the moment, right? Because we you would go into this process and not have confidence, right? Exactly. And what what's what builds confidence?
1: Success.
2: Success, right? So an immeasurable amount, a pile of successes behind you is what builds confidence, and then the confidence builds character and then the character builds you as a human right yeah and so if you don't have confidence you don't have character you don't have success and it never goes then you have to you have to be george yeah so i remember getting on the phones and doing as he did yes right? do yes. likewise motherfucker yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> do so likewise let's not pretend just so do. let's it. not pretend <laughs> do like do as i do yeah. literally say what i say act like i act my voice, like your voice, my my voice,
1: inflection, inflection, script, words,
2: timing, yep, all my, of it, all of it, all of it, and then that would get me the appointment. And then when I went on the appointment, I would try to deliver success through closing them, and then I could go that I had, then I had confidence in my abilities, and then I could be me a little bit more on the next appointment.
1: Well put. So my first Georged up experience, I would only been a real estate agent for like twenty seconds. I just knew a couple of scripts. He would come to our organization, Elite, mm-hmm. like once a week or once a month, and we'd have a special like
0: George's Hair it? Day. How, uh, <laughs> yeah, George's <laughs> Hair Day.
1: And I left that appointment and I walked out. I went on my very first listing appointment and I walked in and I just
2: channeled. Ch- yes, George, his energy, his, energy. Yeah, his enthusiasm, just, like, his you posture. Know, one of three things can happen today. Either one. You. you will decide to list your home with me. Number two, two you'll decide not to list your home with or me. Or number three, <laughs> you'll decide. What was that number
1: three? Uh, you, we will decide that we shouldn't be working together because right. we're not a good fit. And I'm okay with any of these. Any things.
2: one of those three.
1: Yeah. It's just like mounds of confidence, which I would have never, ever, ever said that kind of like level of confidence shit. Around, but I just dropped it on them. So yeah. here's what's going to happen today. Yep. One That's of it. three things. And I sat down, and these people didn't know that I hadn't listed a house. They didn't know. And I just sat down and I'm like, listen folks, one of three things is going to happen today. And I told them this is what's going down and they were like, okay. okay. <laughs> and, and then by the end, um, George would have this, um, and so, um, is there any reason why you and I shouldn't work
2: together? Yeah, yeah. is there anything reason any, anything that would stop us from... from that's the, That's yeah. it. Is there anything that you don't like about my company? Is there anything you don't like about what I presented? No, no, no. And then is there and anything then, that would stop us from working together?
1: And then if they said that, you got to that fourth oh, yeah. one, you just took the paper and you'd be like all right sign right there right yeah just like done balls yep
2: balls. i think it's a zig ziglar
1: it, it yeah. might be it might Isn't be. It? probably yeah. Yeah. And, yeah and
2: george will be the first to tell you look everything he learned he learned from someone else right. and he just implemented it
1: right he, he just he really had a great talent of putting it together in a way that was learnable for us yes. like i could actually I, mean, I could do that i could say that yeah and so um i've actually gotten in trouble from uh from being too scripted from um,
3: <laughs> on teams that I've created. Like my,
1: my, um, the agents would complain to my partner, you know, I don't like doing coaching with Rob because he's too scripted. And my partner <laughs> told me that. And I'm like, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. your words aren't good enough. I, nothing personal, but you've never done this before. Right. And so you just listen, just try it.
2: Yeah. Well, it's not who I am. Exactly. exactly.
3: That's yeah, the point.
2: And then George would, ta- to that point, George would would teach us what he called. You know, you've heard of the golden rule, right? Yeah. What's the golden rule? When you get the answer you want, shut up. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no. Do unto others. Oh, do they, unto, okay. All right,
0: right. All right. I thought we were talking sales stuff. Sorry. No, no.
2: So do unto others as they would have you do or, unto you, or you would do, yeah. have them do unto you, right? Well, there's another rule above that. Do you know what it is? No. It's called the platinum rule. And the platinum rule is do unto others as they would have you do unto them. That's right. So you're doing, you're being for them who they need you to be.
1: Yes. I you, forgot about that. Yeah.
2: And <laughs> so that was a game changer for me in my business. Is that, and also reading the book, Raving Fans also helped with that same pro- I learned those two things at the same time. And it helped me understand that I needed to be for them who they needed me to be that's powerful and when i realized that
1: fans listen to that there's a nugget listen that was good we say that one more time the platinum rule is
2: the platinum rule is do unto others as they would have you do unto them wow not as you you would have done unto you because we're not the same people right right Right. we're two separate so i don't want to treat them the way i want to be treated okay try to treat your wife the way that you think that you would like to be treated is it gonna work no. no no so why would it work in a business transaction
1: yeah you have to treat the person like they need like you would expect yeah that's
2: amazing yeah and that's why you ask hmm. so many fantastic questions and on my closer cold podcast I go over this too is you will go over different questions that I ask people live on the air calling actual doing actual for sale by owner expired cold calls and I'll ask them questions because I always tell people the best conversations you have is with people in your when you're asking them questions. The highest level of rapport is built by asking fantastic questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right. George would also say that uh, your quality of life, the, the, the quality of life that you live is based on the quality of questions that you're asking yourself. Yeah. Like these skills. Yes. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And so, man, um, and we would journal and we would write things in our journal. The one question that really pivoted me, uh, if I can share it, Alma, is. What am I unwilling to accept in my life anymore? Yes. You write that question enough times because it's not the same answer, right? Life is changing by the second man. Just these questions, powerful stuff. I love this. I love the remembering these things because those were all very, um, formative. I'm no I know I'm a grown person, but when you're forming this, who do you need to be in order to have the success that you want? Kind of
2: mentality. You know what though? It's kind of bullshit the way that people say that or understand that we're grown people because What do you mean? We are a a bunch of little kids just with more years under our belt. Mm. Mm. Our development started and stopped when we were around eight or nine or ten personality wise in a lot of Mm. cases. And so I always tell people, look, we're just a bunch of kids grown up. That's all we are, really. I, I've actually said that before. Like, I yeah. don't really,
1: I don't believe in adults anymore. Right? It's I like just,
0: yeah, yeah it's just a same. bunch of kids growing up. The number one thing that we do, we call each other and ask if we want to go ride bikes. I
2: want to go ride right.
3: bikes? <laughs> yeah, it's and, and,
2: <laughs> nice. And some people may say, no, no, no. Developmentally, you don't develop till whatever. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like you know strategic thinking i'm talking about our personalities our core yeah. beliefs we are those still those little kids yeah. i can still relate when i close my eyes and i do a meditation and i think about that little boy who couldn't read and couldn't write and i think about the 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 no's i had to give and the things i had to pass up in life to get to the next level in my existence and to just survive um, that like that was me and that's is that what's pushing that's you home? still is
1: that, me is that what's really driving the bus is this the escaping of that, the running away from that. Cause
2: it's just, I just want him to be
1: better. I just want that kid to be
2: okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I do know. That's what's pushing us on top of that. You know, when dad was at work, mom was really abusive to me. I was like her, her scratching post. Her, yeah. I mean, she had seven other kids and I just felt like I was her shit bag. And I thought I was the cutest fucking kid in the family, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: To
3: be proven
2: wrong. Uh, Oh God! But it was like you know, it was hard, man. I I look back at that little baby boy, and I just think, man, that poor kid. But you know, it was like you know, she was probably bipolar, and she was probably you know, she had a lot of mental emotional issues. And then she got a car wreck, and then she got addicted to opioids. And so, from the time I was about ten to the till basically adulthood, I didn't have much relationship with her at all. I would never see her. She would sleep till three to five o'clock in the afternoon, and then when she came out, it was like, "Oh shit! I better be gone so that I don't draw her attention. Otherwise, I'm gonna get something, some in, issue." In the mm. eight children, like oldest, yeah. youngest, where'd you fall? So I was number six. Number six. Yeah, out of eight, so I had two little sisters. Huh. Yeah. I was the youngest boy. And
1: what's the age gap between you and the oldest?
2: Uh, let's see. He's old as shit, and I'm still young. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. <laughs> no, he's, let's see, he was born in 69, so okay. whatever, that's... 54. 54, yeah. yeah. That is old. Uh, super old. Super Are you old. close <laughs> with your brothers and sisters?
0: Was yeah. this like a, a way that you guys bonded together, or is it, yeah. now that you're out, you're out?
2: I would say so, yeah. Um, you know, my sisters hate me, because I'm like the black sheep of the family, and I've left the church, and all those types of things, um, and they've, they've all but just blown, like, completely release me from their life because they don't believe religiously the same way that I do mm, um, man I'm sorry yeah yeah I mean you know it starts with the little stuff like they stop coming to your invitations to for Christmas and Thanksgiving yeah. and New Year's and you're yeah. like man I haven't
1: seen I haven't seen that for a year
2: yeah why aren't they coming like is everything okay yeah yeah it's great we're just super busy yep you know one Thanksgiving oh yeah we'll be there we'll be there and then 45 minutes before we're to sit down for a meal they text Hey, we have... No shit. This is what she said in her text. We are sorry we can't make it to Thanksgiving dinner. We have to run some errands.
1: On Thanksgiving dinner night? Like what? It was
2: Thanksgiving? Yeah. And then Jeez. what I found out is they had actually planned another separate Thanksgiving that year. With
1: other family members? With other
2: family members and uh, recruited them away from our house. Somewhere. Oh, no. And so I found out which family members decided to cut bonds with me and my wife and my kids. And... Um, yeah, so that it, it, our, I'm really close with um, three out of my four brothers, and that's about it. Hmm. Yeah, the rest of my sisters and brothers I'm not super close with.
1: Hmm, interesting. I'll yeah. tell you, uh, so I've, I've left the church, mm-hmm. and it is hard. It's hard. Yeah, It's a hard thing to do. And I always think to myself, because um, I have some of my f- favorite people, and I've been out of the church
2: now for... 14 years well rob you know you're not supposed to leave the church just so you can be a swinger like you know you, you need to have some type of doctrinal issues yeah, you right. know what i mean i didn't know i was a swinger dude. the first thing was <clears throat> okay when i decided to leave the church and here's the thing I subjectively looked at everybody that was a member of the church and wasn't a, a member of the church the same way while I was a member of the church. Yeah. I subjectively looked at them because I figured if somebody wanted to leave a religious organization, they had a reason, yeah. right? doesn't mean they're a bad person. They just have a reason. And so when I had my reason and it was it was historical and doctrinal, Those, those two reasons were deal breakers for me that I just simply didn't want to be involved with an organization that had those specific things. Right. Right. So, um, my brothers called me up and they're like, Hey, I heard you're anti. No, I'm not anti. I, I'm not anti at all. Like not at all. Right. I'm not anti Mormon. I found some things out that I didn't know were true. And had I not, had I known them, I wouldn't have been a part of the organization. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was it. It, it. just doesn't, doesn't yeah. align it. It anymore. Does, it
2: didn't align. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I always see people... So I have friends that have left the church, and they are anti, mm-hmm. and, I've, and I'll and i say to them, you should just go back to church. Like, you are putting as much energy towards right. it <laughs> this way as you would be if you were actually going. You might as well do something good with it. Right. Because there's some, like, they're, like, reading it all the time right. and researching it and talking about it. I'm like, you should just just go back. Yeah. And we, I, just, think, it's the same amount of energy. The, yeah.
0: As the outsider, with the, it, it's so indoctrinated from the very, very beginning. We we're talking about like foundational building blocks of right. who you are as a person that you're trying yes. to change and reorder. Yeah. Like it, it, it. I've been around the. I guess maybe the you know the Southern Baptists would be kind of kind of similar, but not really. The Mormons have a real...
1: Nope. Uh, you have to be like Catholic. I would say like if you
2: were lived in Rome as a it would be, as, as, in, yeah. as a Catholic yeah. every week. Roman Catholic, yeah. then it would be similar. But yeah. it or like a what? Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Those are called cults, but
0: whatever. But yeah.
2: I mean, yeah,
1: it's a definition. It's a definition. I, I used to go to a real estate company that we would chant every day. You would say, "Perhaps."
2: It was the a cult. exact same thing. Yeah, it was. And a cult. I, I bought yeah.
1: in, man. That was. Yeah. I drank the Kool-Aid. I drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> well guzzled done. it. <laughs> but here's the thing: is I'm not mad about the church. I'm not mad that I was raised in the church. I actually had a really great experience growing up. LDS right. Right? going to the dances yes and being in Scouts yes. and all the things There's, the
2: organizational and the social side was very important you know what? For me.
1: service for me was you, a big deal we were okay, always yeah. doing service I'm sorry no, and, no. and it was just it's a part of who I am still I'm I'm not going to give up the parts that are true right um, but the parts that are
2: I'm no longer aligned with, And those are just principles. They're they're not actually parts of the church. They're just principles Right. And the church happens to teach as well. I'm not mad about
1: that. I I also, um, I don't vote a certain way because I don't align that way. It's nothing personal. It's just, I don't align
0: with it. No, what I was going to say is, you also grew up in Texas, in Las Vegas, right? Mm. Not in Salt Lake. Yeah. And what I've noticed... Big there's a big difference between the LDS church here oh, yeah. versus el- everywhere else. There's a the big church. There's and a it, culture difference. Yes, yes. Massive difference. Yeah. And the church by itself, <laughs> doctrine uh, anywhere else that I've been, it's a good thing. It really is. Yeah. You know, the family values, mm-hmm. keep, keep, leave it living a clean life, a all that tribe. stuff. It's a great it's a great tribe. Yeah. yeah.
2: Again, those are principles. But it's here right?
0: yeah. where it's part of the culture <clears> and it's <throat> it's more than just the church that you're going to on Sunday. Right, it's every single day. It's every building block down to the, the they've got a church at school. Well, but it's literally the, the, you know, down to the, it's down te- to the underwear
2: that you wear.
3: Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, <clears throat> that's where it becomes very demanding. Right, it's a high demand religion.
3: Yeah,
2: <clears throat> is it? Is it? They, they tell you what you can and can't drink, what you can and can't experience, what you can and can't wear, even your underwear, and how much money you have to pay in order to get into heaven. There's certain things that now that I'm away and I see it from clear lenses, I identify them really quick and I go, holy shit,
3: how did I, I actually
2: believed this my whole life. Yeah. Um, how, did,
1: how did I buy into that? How did I, yeah. how did I, how was
2: I such a part of that?
1: When I say that I don't regret any of it, there's parts of it where I'm like, I don't know how I got my head around that for so long right? and not been like, because mm. I was always the kid at the back that would like raise my
2: hand in seminary, like, mm. Well, it's because you were sacrificing for good that was your intention yeah that's how you got your head around it is that you intended to do and be good yeah yeah and you thought that that's what it meant to do and be good yeah is to abide by all these things and to stand for these things. As a matter of fact one of the best books I ever read was by um, by uh, something fielding McConkie uh, what was his name anyways one of the prophets nephews or something or sons or something Joseph Fielding McConkie no I can't yeah maybe so anyways, I'm reading this book, and he wrote this book, it's called Where We Stand. And his point was, look, if you're going to be a member of the church, you've got to stand in these places. You've got to go to the temple, you got to wear your garments, you've got to pay tithing. You're, you're not just halfway in or halfway out. This is where we stand, and this is who we are, right? And I was like, dude, that that's actually not a bad principle. And I still feel like I live that way. Like, look, this is where I stand. And, and when it became clear to me that I didn't align with the historical facts about the church and that had I known those things, I would not have joined in the first place, which I didn't have a choice. I was born into it, sure. right? But I, if I clean slated everything.
1: Started fresh.
2: Started fresh. And then somebody said, okay, ba- based on this, 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 and this, and based on what you know, would you join this organization? I don't care what it's called, Kennedy's Kennedy Knights, right? Yeah. Like, would you join this Kennedy's Kennedy Knights? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't join it because they have they have this, this, and this in their history, and I don't subscribe to that stuff. Yeah, and so that's how I had to look at it in order to give myself a clean cut away from hmm. the organization because it was so deep. It's still so deeply yeah. embedded in my in my brain. Do you ever
1: catch yourself? Uh i'm glad we're talking about this do you ever catch yourself i've got some principles that are running these programs that are running all the time and i'll catch myself and i'll be like now wait a second (laughs) i actually don't believe that anymore (laughs) yeah but i'm like beating myself up over this one Uh thing and i'm like i mean can i give you an example yes please this is heavy i'm going i'm going to be a little vulnerable all right let's go deep. yeah the, the principle, and this isn't in the gospel per se, but it's in the culture of the gospel, is that there has to be a certain amount of suffering. Um, there is opposition in all things. There has to be a certain amount of suffering in order for you to have success. You have to endure. Endure. Yes. You have to, you, you're not going to get anything good in life unless there is a price paid. Yes. And that is true-ish. It's true. Like, I have to
2: put in the work. I have to... I, if I want to play in the yeah, sport, I have to... All I, of your success happens outside your comfort zone, right? So... Yeah, yeah. There has to
1: be some suffering involved, but I don't have to continually suffer in order to be happy. Right. I don't have to be unhappy until one day I'm, I'm
2: happy. happy. Right. I'm... I can be happy Hey, today. It's okay. Stay in that shitty relationship. Yeah. Work it out. It's between you, her, and the Lord. It's gonna... It'll... It, but it's... If you endure to the end... Yeah. And you die then you'll be happy
1: yeah yeah and so what I've done is I've robbed my ability to be happy today I've robbed my ability to be successful today and the truth of the matter is I I woke up successful today ask anybody ask any of my friends ask my mom and dad yeah. and any of my brothers and sisters I'm doing it in my own perspective nope yeah not good enough
2: well and the other thing is is you you they have a, a monopoly on happiness totally Right? Like right, you can't live outside the organization and be happy. Yeah, where will you go? Right, Brad Wilcox said, "Where will you go? Well, yeah, what, what would you even do? What will you do? Yeah, where?" <laughs> What are you going to do? Good luck. Yeah. Good luck in the world Hope if you leave like the church. All on your own. Yeah. You'll be alone. Where will you go now? Yeah. All of your friends are your members. All, all of your family are members. Where will you go? It kind of leans back
1: into that. Like Whoa. you're being kicked out of the tribe. Like all of a sudden, you know, like in back in the, the those early <laughs> days. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you weren't in the community, you were kind of dead. Yeah. Yeah. which is a deep programming, right? Like we're all like, we all want to be included. Yes. And it really triggers that. Like, I remember oh, feeling like oh. a tremendous amount of fear and guilt and, and oh, shame, shame. Yeah. endless. And I still, I'll catch myself in that spot. I'm just driving along
2: kind of wait a minute. Dude, I remember after my life had, is so good right now. What am I? What? I remember after I had sex with my girlfriend at 17, I thought I was going to hell. I thought that God was going to strike me down. I would not have an eternal family. I would not be connected with my with Jesus and with my family after this life, I thought, oh my gosh, it's over. Because in the church, they say it's next to murder. Yeah. That sexual sin next to is murder. next to murder. It's the same in thing serious? as murder, yeah. yes. They don't say it's behind it, they don't say it's below it, it's next to murder. And so my impression of that sin at that time, what I thought was a sin, done. I thought, I'm if Damned. I don't fix this shit, yeah. I'm going to go to hell. Confess, forsake. Yeah. Repent, repent, repent. Yeah.
1: It's oh. so weird.
0: You know you were saying like if whether you're in or out. My experience with them, I moved here when I was in eighth grade, okay? And there was like a three-week period where I was the cool kid on the block. Everybody came over and said hi and it was really cool. And it was like, oh, we moved from Wyoming. I knew all the neighbors, everybody right. out there, you know. This so it was like, okay, well, we're making friends and whatnot. And I very distinctly remember my dad was out on the corner and they invited me to go to church and he's like, no. Absolutely not! <laughs> You're not doing that. You can play. Right. Go play church ball with them. Do whatever you want. Right. And the second he said that, they never talked to me again. Again, yeah. He At all. Cut off. Yeah. I ate down to a lunch in high school by myself in my truck. Like I was the outcast from that what? moment. Really? Yes. Wow. I wow. never ate lunch in the lunchroom because I got tired of sitting by myself. I had like a barrier, and then I came in and I was like. I also was the starting quarterback i was the the catcher because i could flat out play my way to those they hated me for that what my high school wow. and, and eighth and ninth grade in high school was the most miserable time of my life
1: huh and wow. it was because
0: of this they, they just you're not going to be
1: part of our crew. We want nothing to do with you. Uh, I'd like uh, to let you know, Topher, that the 8th and ninth grade are the most miserable part of everyone's that's life. That's fair. Yeah, just yeah, to you know, just know, they're all assholes. yeah. 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 Doesn't matter. <laughs> this is your thing. Yeah. Of course, no
2: disrespect, but man. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> in the 8th and ninth. grade. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Yeah, we don't want to downgrade your emotional. No, emotion, uh, you're, but, right. Uh, you're right. But the 8th grade sucks. Sucks. <laughs> every, it still does. Still does. And I'll be candid. I, I actually can't speak to that because I didn't fucking go to 8th grade. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is eighth grade? Is that the like fourteen,
0: fifteen? Yeah, because I got my driver's license. Yeah, so you'd been fourteen.
1: Okay, so when you're fourteen, yeah, it just is a tough time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm glad we could talk open about that. You know, I, th- I think that it's interesting having conversations because I remember looking back five years before I left the church, and I've le- I've been gone for probably emotionally, probably five years okay and actually not attending probably a little over three years
0: oh wow so this is a relatively it's new super
2: thing. new yeah okay but when I look back five years when I started you know before that and I started to question I remember just accepting everybody's opinions as their opinions and being okay with it like I oh, it was interesting. nuts it was oh. interesting <sighs> like it, it was a transformation because I remember trying to debate people on stuff and then I had this sales um this sales uh, leader when I was doing door to door sales in ninety seven. We didn't go over that yet, but I did these door-to-door sales one summer. And this kid he was just like, Hey bro, don't worry about it. Just freaking don't worry about it, bro. I'm like, who cares? Who cares? Like that's what he was, you know, telling me his mantra because I was freaking out over something trying to make it somebody else wrong, right? Oh. And he goes, Who cares, bro? It's their opinion. Like, who cares? Let it go. And I was just like yeah. Why, not? why do I care? Right. And so I started, I told, I just started letting things go. And then I, I remember just kind of perpetually doing that in different times in life. And then people would say, Oh yeah, you're really open and down to earth. Right. That's what people would tell me. You're really open and down to earth. And I'm like, yeah, it's just cause I don't care about your opinion. It's yours. Yeah, I have mine, you have yours. So then I got along really well with politically different people and their views i got really along with different cultures and their views then i served a mission and learned a lot of fucking weird people out in new mexico you know in their views and then i was like came home from my mission and had these amazing people that were not members of my church who respected me for my views so why couldn't i respect them for theirs we need more of that Yeah. in the world right now. Yeah. Like today. If yeah. I could make one wish, that would be it. And so I think that's, that's probably one. If somebody said, what's your superpower? I'd say I'm accepting of all people's perspectives, opinions, and desires yeah. for themselves. For themselves. Yeah. That, that's you. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. Well,
1: wow, That's cool. I love that. The, um, the point is like, why be upset about it? There's no being. I've I, I have people that are like, well, it's it's unfair because it and makes I, you wrong. I don't know. It's yeah. it doesn't make you wrong. <clears throat> just I'm falls right. down to the
0: whole. You know, can I do something about it? Yeah. Right. It, no. The thought filter. The thought filter. Yeah. yeah.
1: Is it true? Can I do something about it, and then take massive action? Right. right.
2: Well, and the, the tough thing, like my my brothers, um, they I know they had a hard time with it because if if I'm right, then they're wrong. Right. But it but it doesn't mean that I'm right. It just means that. I'm not doing what they do. Yeah. What they do may be right for them. Them being a member of whatever organization, church, business, whatever. And it is right. Is right for for them. them. Yes. That's the key for them. That's right. Yeah. And and to them, they're like, no, it has to be right for everybody. Because that's what we grew up learning is it has to be right for everybody. Part of
1: the doctrine is a very black and white type of looking at things. Yes. And I, um, as I, the, the further I've gotten away from the gospel, the more gray, and that might be because i'm just getting older just the less i know right i don't well, that's an interesting perspective i've never right. thought of it yeah. that way yeah. and i love to hear perspectives that aren't mine cuz i I've, I've got my shit down i've got i've been thinking about it for a long time <laughs> yeah. i want to hear what you're thinking yeah. about cuz that's new to me yeah and so i think that's uh that has been tremendously liberating for me and i've always been that way growing up outside of the state i've kind of always been open because my, my opinion was often the most controversial. Yeah. And so I didn't share it very often.
0: Or the smallest opinion. Like or the smallest, yeah, Demographically, big, there yeah. was
1: down, not many of us down there. And so I, I was happy to listen to other people and thought, no, that's that's true that's for you. That's interesting, yeah. Um, the one thing that I take away from that is that there's always, um, you know, I, I have to, it makes me redefine, makes me really rethink of what I think is true because what am I locked into? When I start saying, right. I'm very careful with um, saying, oh, I know. I know. When, yeah. you, just, when you start talking right. to me, I need to shut up. I need to just listen more and ask the right questions because I don't know.
2: Right. We don't know. And that, that was one of the difficult things was just identifying that I actually didn't know a lot of things. And, being, and it's okay. being okay with not knowing yeah. those things. You know, I've been right, I've been wrong in the past. I'm sure I'll be wrong again in the future. Hell, I'm married. I'm wrong be most okay. of Okay. <laughs> Like 99.9% of the time. Yes, Rob. Yeah. Just, just open it. <laughs> you're all Annie, your crystals um, and shit. Yeah. Whoa. whoa. Oh, wow. hey.
1: <laughs> my name is Rob Adams. I do not approve of this. I message. do not approve of this message.
2: <laughs> Dude, my wife's the same way. She's got her crystals and shit. Oh, man. Like, all right, it's cool. I Here's like the it.
1: problem with that. I'm mm-hmm. going to be honest with this now, jumping, shifting gears. Most of the time, they're right. Most it's of the it's time, a, they're right. It's yes, in they right. Yeah. Annie will oh. She'll say some crazy shit, and I'm like, mm. yeah, there's no way yeah, there's no that's going to <laughs> ever happen. Make any ever. sense. You're doing then, the whole Rolodex thing. Yeah, yeah like, no, no, no. That makes no sense historically. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's like... Yes. In physics in physics it doesn't make sense. Doesn't it does make sense. It, it totally happens. Dude, my, my,
2: yeah, my wife's a Reiki master, right? And and, and dude, she's ha- like, she's like, yeah, you really need to ground yourself like, a moment. You like, no, go stand on that salt block. Go stand down, yeah. and I'm like, okay, what the freaks yeah. a salt block? And and I go stand. I'm like. <gasps> <sighs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> like yeah. just happened, yeah. dude.
2: she makes
1: me walk yeah. around barefoot in the grass you does she go yeah, yeah you don't need, need to go ground I need to go ground okay right dude.
2: <laughs> dude i'll tell you like, like
0: grounding to a whole new definition completely dude <laughs> yeah.
2: That, yeah now i'm like dude yeah my energy changes when i do specific things and it causes a result and my energy changes. Okay, now I will do that thing, you know?
1: So Annie's a Reiki master as well. She teaches the class. And I've taken the class just to understand the vocabulary. Because mm-hmm. um, I am um, being raised in the culture we were raised in. I don't believe anything. Right. And I'm, I'm just like if
2: a... You don't believe anything specific, specifically,
1: right? Specifically. Yes, I'm right. kind of skeptical about everything. Right. Not, not like overly so, but nah, well, cool on you. But right. I have to say, it's kind of some of the stuff that she does is kind of undeniable. Like the energy thing that yes. she does, and the shifting of energy. And I've done, and um, then I, be, as I became a Reiki and I learned about this stuff and yes. I'm like a Reiki, like,
2: practitioner. Pa- Padawan. Yeah. Padawan like prank, level. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Um, not Jedi master at all. Right. <laughs> and But I learned that I have no talent in it. I, I can barely feel my own feelings, not yours. Right. I can barely feel my own energy. Like I am so out of touch with this mechanism because I'm just, going all the time and yeah. I'm thinking thoughts and I'm creating and making phone calls and convincing and doing and ding, ding, yeah. until I'm exhausted. And then I go to bed and then I do it again tomorrow. Right. And away I go. That's me. I'm a creator manifestor. And she's just like this dynamic it's energy pusher. Energy pusher. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Energy pusher. Yes. Amazingly said. Yep. And so same it, thing with my wife, dude. They're, yeah. they're energy pushers yeah. and they're like, so I be. can push energies to, but here's the other, here's the bad part of that. If they push negative energy, it's like really intense, right? Yeah. Like if they're in a bad mood or they're in a bad spot then they haven't fulfilled, like gone with their own medicine, medicine and they push negative energy, it's like amplified yeah. negative energy. It's yeah.
1: crazy. I'm, also, here's one of the reasons <clears throat> I'll never leave Annie is because she's terrifying.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: That witch <laughs> will cast a spell on put me. you her fucking crystals. And my dick will fall off or something. <laughs> we can edit that out. We can edit that out. My <laughs> please edit that out. I'm kidding, babe. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. No, but I'm serious. I'm pretty sure she could put some magic on me that I would not recover from. And I'm I'm completely afraid. <laughs> Of, of something, what of, something of something that I'm skeptical of. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> How can I be for? I don't believe that. Don't do it. to me Oh man, being married to a witch. I didn't know. I didn't know that Jen was uh, that was in that down that path. I know that yeah. they've cha- they've traded before. Annie was telling me about that as I was coming here, and I'm like, oh, that's
2: interesting. And um, she's. And he's talented. Yeah. You know what? I think I think people are, you know, just like a, like if you feel like there's something that you're called to, right? An intention, a mission, a purpose, right? Like Thanksgiving heroes, right? There's no one else that could have done Thanksgiving heroes the way you did it. And I feel like the way that my our wives are with those things, there's no one that could do it the way they do it. They're just drawn to it. Yeah. It's like, oh, it pulls them in. It becomes a part of them. And it's like a calling or yeah. a mission or a yeah. purpose, right?
1: Yeah, there are practi- there are spiritual practitioners, practitioners, yeah. And I never, I never put that together. This is like a new thing for me. Like I realize, like I have a physical body that I actually put a lot of work into. I make sure that I'm I eating right. I can tell, right. freaking um, sexy beast. I can't oh even help my it. Gosh, bro, Your <sighs> definition. I oh. yeah, I run. A- <laughs> <laughs> I, I i run the machine as best i can because mm-hmm. this is it this yeah, i've just right. got to get me to the very end and i want to make sure i can do as much as i can you gotta go to a hundy bro yeah easy Hyundai. i'm not i'm not quitting this it, is water by the way just so you know diet pepsi i'm i'm not gonna make it <laughs> 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 oh but um but, so i have this physical body that i'm working hard to maintain i've never considered my spiritual body which in the dogma i grew up in a spiritual body is common knowledge we all have a spirit we're all spiritual children we're part of a spiritual family so it's not a big jump for me to think that that body sometimes needs attention yeah Yeah. and that's what she's doing and when she put it together for me like that i'm like well why why isn't everyone doing this right because we all have we're all in some way at some time spiritually hung up
2: yeah yeah and so and
1: yeah and that's what she does
2: which i think is nothing more than mentally emotionally right Yeah. like that's that's where the connection of our physical body comes in as we call it mental or emotional but mental is really our brain emotional is our reaction to our brain that's right whereas there's another element of that which is our soul and it's deeper and it go and it comes in on a character or a or a soul level and there're some things that cannot just be medicated away. That's
1: right. You know, and There's gyms. wounds. <clears throat> there's yeah. things I'm working on. I'll get hung up and I can feel it in my throat and she can clear that. Yeah. It, it, might, it might be just my belief in it,
2: but... Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> who cares? Yeah, yep. If that vitamin is going to get rid <clears throat> of my
1: headache, I'll have two of those, please, because it's yeah. going to work. And right. I'll take them and it could be sugar pills. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. I believe it. Works, it. it works. It yeah. works. Yeah. And so that's Reiki, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the, well, yeah, it's the there's, pushing there's, of life
0: force I always energy. look for the truth in everything, right? There's carryover... <laughs> stuff that they teach in the Reiki and whatnot of how to control your mind and where everything is at that you'd find in the Stoic teachings. Right. Right? Like yeah. there's there's generalized truths that you can it's they use different language yeah. and different And they call it different they call things. It different things. Right. But there is carryover amongst us, especially because it's an intellectual area, right? Yeah, yeah. Same thing with a stoic area. The, and I would you say sound those really are...
2: intellectual when you say the word intellectual, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. You say it very well.
0: Roll <laughs> <laughs> we'll it through real nice. <laughs> but there, but there, there is carryover dude's to all unlocking. this stuff. He's I on the unlock mode. Like <laughs> yeah. He's reading and journaling <laughs> mm-hmm. and
1: doing the is He's he? doing the. Yeah, doing nice, the work, man. Nice, dude. We had a, a podcast called uh, The Golden Nuggets, and I brought a lot of Georgisms. I and listened some... to that. Yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It was Anyway. Great thanks man yeah well, you probably like you you knew where all was coming from like I, <laughs> I sound smart but i'm just like as george i learned this from somebody else and it, these things work truth is truth right mm-hmm. it's amazing stuff and so um these guys are putting in the work here on day 42 42 today of journaling gratitudes wow and doing the things like the steps along the way and she, waking she, up at
0: 4:30, like to do all this yeah it, i'm i'm a Big fan.
2: Huge big fan. That's badass. Fan. Dude. Yeah. That's badass. It's a refinement of your soul. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you still do that? Or are you still journaling? I thought
2: early. Oh yeah. I still do like gratitude journals and put my 1010 and remember the 1010? Yeah. So you do 10, 10 gratitudes and 10 things you want or you want to happen. Mm. Right. So, you know, I'm grateful for my family, grateful for my friends, I'm grateful for those things that, that you just need to you need to identify every day. I'm so thankful for my little girls. I'm thankful I can, you know, read them a bedtime story every night. I'm thinking, you know, so that you can identify your gratitudes. And then i do a meditation um every day it's called tony with tony robbins it's called priming and you can get it on youtube and it's just tony robbins priming and it's a 15 minute meditation that he takes you through and it has breathing and physical movement with the, with the arms yeah yeah, yeah. Just i remember raising that and the arms and uh i do that every day and that seems to reset me like if i'm in a bad place if i want to be a really bitch, i don't do it and i screw myself up for the day but yeah
1: I don't have time it's, for that. I don't have time for that. And I'm then I'm fine for the rest of the day. I'm going day. to be miserable all day. <clears throat> that's my decision.
2: Yeah. <coughs> but when I do that, it's phenomenal. It's just been amazing. Mm-hmm. That's and,
0: what I've noticed, too. Is it, It's like putting the toolkit on for the day. Yeah. You're putting your battle armor for the day. Yes. You know?
2: Yep. Girding of the loin. Yes. yes. That one. That's right. The whole, <laughs> the whole armor of God.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I love you, man. <laughs>
1: I throw like these like quotes he's like oh wait no here's two more lines from that yeah. let's go deeper
2: yes yay verily yay verily well
1: cool so here we are mm. we're along we've we've come we've talked about growing up in uh, in the the cult we've talked about leaving the cult we've yeah. talked about these big jumps and and growing up that's kind of what I, I look at it like I'm continually still growing still up growing and up, yeah. and I, I love that uh, I don't believe in the whole uh, idea of Growing up and, and adults, and so it's good to meet someone else. It's because I would have thought by I'm 52. I would have thought by now. I would have thought by now. You would have some more. shit figured I'd out. I'd have it figured out. I yeah. I the more I learn, the less I know. And um and I you know uh, what's his name? He it's a quote. It's a stoic quote. It's it's just how it goes. The 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 wiser you become, the less you know.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um so where i'm headed with this is now we've we've gotten to a point where you have this wealth of knowledge you ha- you're successful in real estate right um an average real estate agent um in uh, in our world well let's even in this last year 50 percent of all real estate agents haven't sold a single home yet and we're at the end of november oh my goodness um, an average real estate agent in the united states um, averages about $31,000 a year right. is their income that's average for and that's a 40 hour Work week, and so I I say that, and I don't say that um, proudly. It's it's embarrassing that we have right. so many practitioners of our in our well, industry that the, the are doing thing so is, poorly.
2: It's hard because you have these, like you said, they're practitioners, and a lot of these people really know their craft, but they're just not succeeding on a high level. And really, what it comes down to is your thoughts turn into to you. your emotions. Your emotions equal your actions. Your actions equal your results. And so, if you can't get your thoughts in line. And they get your emotions straight. You'll never create. act. You'll never create, and you'll never bring success. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing. They're not missing the the, the skills. The mechanics. A lot of the mechanics are already. They already know them, but they just they're missing the the emotional tune up that they need every day, to in order successful. to be successful. Because I've had, Man. I've been rich and I've been poor, dude. Rich is much better. Yeah. And you put it in a good way on one of your other podcasts. You said, you said there's hard, right? You, there. It, you can it's hard to be fat yeah it's hard to be skinny yeah it's hard to be rich yeah it's hard to be poor pick your heart pick your heart right. and I can't remember I don't know where you got that from but I heard it on one of your podcasts. and I'm just like dude that makes perfect sense to me all of this shit is hard yeah so it's hard to well pick one to be late on your mortgage yeah but it's also hard to cold call and make money yeah and so pick your heart right right yeah. right well said. Well said. That's I needed this tonight, man. i am like, oh. like caught right between two places in Utah and Florida, and it's like, oh, that transition mindset, you know? Well, what, let's talk
1: about that. So, you've decided, <laughs> you decided. No, no. I, we can't, you've got so, so much I want to unpack There's with so your brother. much. So much. Um, I want to talk about the closer cult. Um, and the reason that I was talking about real estate, being successful in real estate, and the, the national average of what people are doing, um, Alma is not doing that. He is closing regularly still he's still doing business you're still showing up still
2: showing up and yep. to a
1: point where now you've created an organization to help others to get to the point of realizing that the thoughts become actions and actions become results right and, and you're doing this at a, at a high level and that's the the closer cult you have your own podcast which by the way you should listen to absolutely will. yeah some good stuff you on want there to give a
2: plug real fast yeah it's just it's just I just go on any of the platforms and it's closer cult C L O Z E R C U L T. I did Closer because I didn't want people to think it was Closer, Colt. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> that can get confusing. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted everybody to know it was Closer with a Z. It, it identified perfectly. Unfortunately, all those, I have all those platforms and um, it, uh, it it really was a calling. One night I was up at Louis, um, Louis cabin and I was doing breath work one night, my our friend Louis Hamner. And um, I'm trying to figure out what to do with my life because I've been selling real estate for almost 20 years. I know it like the inside of my freaking backside of my whatever, okay. And I I just know it in and out. I've almost mastered most of the processes in in selling homes, and so I'm like, okay, the next. I know the next level of homes for me is high level investing, right? But I'm like, I have all this knowledge, and my calling is training, mentoring. That's my calling, and so I like to train rooms of people, and I've been had the ability to do that over these last couple of years. But it all started with this one thought of of being in a closer. Everybody calls me the closer. I had a closer license plate and all this stuff, right? So everybody's like, oh you're the closer, right? Because I could get on the phone and set, you know, two to three appointments out of every five people that I talked to. Just ridiculous numbers. Stupid, stupid numbers. And I I refined that from setting one appointment out of every 100 people I talked to. So I used to set, it would take 100 people. Now I'm doing it, you know, I can, and I can still do it to this day. We could get on the phone. I've done it many a times in front of audiences and stuff like that. And I could literally get on the phone and just set appointments, cold calling people.
1: So let me just stop Alma here for one second. Getting on the phone and talking to a complete stranger about the largest financial decision of their life is already stressful. Sure. It's already stressful. Alma does it in front of a room of people. Like, he's putting his money where his mouth is. He's just like, watch this. And he gets on the phone. And I've prospected in front of my team and in uh-huh. front of other agents as I've been coaching. And it's a little nerve-wracking because they're they're listening to everything that you say and your um, ability to overcome objections, your well, ability I'm, to I'm back ass
2: words, though, man. It's nerve-wracking when I do it alone huh. in my own quiet. What? Yes. So he gets on the phone and he gets these people on the But when I'm in front of a room of two, three hundred people, it's not. It's easy.
0: I 100% identify with that. Do you? Yeah. When, I was a baseball player. If you put me up for leadoff at in an inning, nobody on, nobody out, my batting average was shit. <laughs> put me on two outs in the bottom of the ninth, Yep. no problem. I'm your Boom, guy. Boom, baby.
1: <laughs> yep. Wow. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it's interesting to watch. It's interesting. Um, I just think it takes a tremendous amount of courage. And it's interesting your, that your personality is just like, yeah, this is my... My, this is where I'm comfortable. I like it here. Yeah. In this in this level of chaos, I
0: thrive.
2: Yeah, I just figured out I thrive. gotta have yeah. pressure
0: on. So different from like doing a homework assignment, right? Yeah. If, you if, know if it's, true. it's not the, the final moment of the last hour, you're what that's are you doing? True.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Also when I've had people listening to me, I'm not afraid to throw down the big the big words, the big right. asks because yes.
2: like, you gotta I'm, show up. I'm showing off a little yeah. bit. Well, right? And that's why it's accountability, right? Yeah. Because that's the problem is I've always had an accountability issue to myself. But when I make accountability contracts with other people, then I succeed on a higher level. Hmm. If I, I'm, I, I'm shit when I'm making them with myself. I'm, I'll lie to myself back and forth. I'll talk myself out out of it. i will negotiate myself out of it. I'll change the whole plan of my day. If I don't have somebody telling me, look, this is what we agreed to. This is what you're doing. Then I just, I don't succeed on a high level. (laughs) Accountability is critical. It's critical. So who are you accountable to now? (sighs) My wife. (laughs) which is sometimes good and sometimes absolute shit yeah she's terrifying i'm gonna tell you she's terrifying she's um, a witch you know (laughs) i've I've only been around her a
1: few times and she is big energy like there's no doubt like when she walks in the room you're like stuff's getting done stuff's about to go down yeah she's
2: dead serious man and she makes stuff happen yeah she's amazing actually i should probably talk to you i want to set an accountability contract with you so yeah i'd be down it's been a while since i've had one outside of like my team or my Whatever. yeah I'd
1: be down to be that. I just
2: have I have some goals I have to meet and I don't trust myself to be able to do it unless Fair. I have a, a, a contract mm-hmm.
1: yeah you know I would like to put some thought into something that I would like to bring back because I need that too okay I absolutely do and it's difficult it feels to me like the more successful I become or the the further up the road I go the fewer people I would I'm willing to do that with right um, and so this this kind of a brotherhood is important to me as we have these conversations and I we've got there's a couple of guys in the club that I can call and be like, okay, this is what's going down. And they're like, okay, you got this, but let's talk about it. You know what I mean? Let's, let's do this. And so, um, the accountability that you're talking about is next level. Like I, in the organization that we came from, that accountability made me really uncomfortable because there's no plan. There's no excuses, (laughs) right? There's no,
2: sometimes it means thousands of dollars if you don't achieve. Oh,
1: well, Yeah. yeah, you're, you're writing a check and giving it to them. If this doesn't happen, then if then no, there's no, I, you know it's
2: okay you were having a no yeah you had a you had, you had an issue you had it's an okay Yeah, I just had a bad day no yeah. none of that man it's it's like oh you didn't accomplish it cool give me my check yeah, like, yeah. oh wow yeah, yeah. I remember having thousands of dollars in, uh, in checks that I would write to people and some of them cashed them and some of them I didn't they didn't cash
1: yeah ouch though I'm gonna tell you some of those were just like that I don't have that money (laughs) I don't have the money that's that's I was counting to use that somewhere else and I I dropped the ball and
2: come on please I I just feel like I'm dropping the ball on some stuff so I just need yeah somebody to be accountable to it's I'm I'm glad I recruited you right now yeah I'm in (laughs) (laughs) with all the shit you have going on right now (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing going on nothing yeah
1: Oh, man. Um, you know, can I just really quickly, I'm going to say in three days, no, two days, we're going to feed 3,100 families here in Utah. Wow. And uh, Alma, I'm just, th- I'm throwing this kind of, it's like a reverse, like, humble brag, but Alma showed up and he's delivered meals. he have done oh, yeah. this before. yeah, several years, yeah. Several years in a row, and uh, there's one year he did a video of, like, a really amazing experience that he had, and I've used this video a few times because it is really what it's about it's it's about that connection it's yeah. about meeting these people and on and in their home yeah and loving on them yeah like and it was it was cool i'm glad that you've had a chance to be a part of of this adventure that I've, i'm doing
2: it's kind of you know it's it's just as much an, a gift to me as it is to the people that are receiving it i think right you know and if you look back at the times when you've had service in your life or somebody's really come to your aid or i remember that when we were kids and just didn't have food, didn't have Christmas, whatever. Someone and people came to our aid and, and bought us Christmas or paid for our food or whatever. And uh, I remember that feeling because it was a lesson learned and it was also like a determination that I'm never going to feel that, you know. I don't ever want somebody else to feel that way, let alone my own children, you know.
1: <laughs> and even still, um, I remember the gratitude I had for those who did serve me. Oh, totally. And I, I think that's a good feeling. Like going to know that I've made a difference. Yes. This is something that when this little boy grows up, he will remember today. Yeah. He won't remember what he got for Christmas. He won't remember, you know, his first day of the third grade, but he will remember the day that Alan Merrill showed up with a box of food and dropped it right in their house. And there was a pumpkin pie and the whole thing
2: in there. It's patted him on the head and walked out. Yeah. Yeah. It was total
1: stranger. Like what just happened? Yeah. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad that you're a part of it. Yeah. It's, it's happening. And, um, But after that, I got nothing going on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good. Let's, let's sell some freaking houses, man. Let's do some work.
1: (laughs) Oh man. Good stuff. Well, so now we have, we're to the point where we've accumulated this tremendous um, wealth of knowledge. This we've, uh, we've, had the false confidence and then we had success. And now we've built real confidence and now we have these models and you're, you're sharing this with these other agents right? and the closer cult, the podcast. What else? Like what else is happening with this?
2: So closer cult is, and, and, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, are you a coach? Do you coach one-on-one? I actually don't do one-on-one coaching. I train many at a time and I do, I'll train brokerages and, and groups of, of brokerages. And so, I mean, there's been times when I've been, I've trained, you know, from brokerages, you know, 12, 14 different brokerages and, or sometimes bigger, you know, more, you know, different types of brokerages, but, um, it's the methods that I use are primarily on. Yes. Yes. I talk about mindset. I talk about developing skills, um, and then actually executing on those things, but I don't just talk about it. I actually do it. And so that's what sets, I think me up apart from any of the other Coach slash trainers out there, with the exception of Ricky Carruth, which is amazing. He's awesome. He 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 will do some of those live calls and show the stuff. He'll put the proof into the pudding. I would say the difference is is that I teach people specifically how to do it quickly and effectively execute right now, instead of taking ten years to learn it. Mm. I teach people. You know, Tony Robbins talks about modeling, and he says, "Look, you could go do something that I do." like that you don't have to learn it over the last 25 35 years like I have if I tell you how to do it model it do what I tell you to do and make it happen and so that's what I tend to do on the closer cold side is that I teach people look this is your tone this is your rate of speech this is your response this is your script and if you do these things, you'll have success. And I've taken groups of people like that and, and caused hundreds of appointments to be set in those groups of people. So I, I'm not trying to, I'm not
1: casting doubt, but um, you have a natural skills and abilities that can't be
2: taught. Actually, they're not natural. That's the thing, they weren't natural. When I first started this, I would set one appointment for every 100 people that I spoke to. So every single one of these skills were learned. It wasn't natural mm-hmm. do I have a natural ability to communicate with people maybe a little bit because of all the shit I had to do but again I had to learn how to talk to people too mm. when I was a kid and I couldn't read and I couldn't write and I had to get around situations or manipulate the way people wanted me to respond and maybe that helped but it wasn't natural that was also learned mm-hmm. it didn't come to me
0: it's the biggest sign you of somebody know? that actually knows what they're talking about is to be able to take 25 years of figuring this out, and I'm going to give it to you in one sentence. If you just follow that one sentence, I promise you, it's going to it's yeah, going to work. Do it this way. Do it
2: this way. Yeah. Do likewise. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal that Einstein said that. Really. You know. To, if you truly know something you can explain it very simply and very pointedly.
2: Yeah. Yeah Well, it reminds me of like Elon Musk, right? He's in this he's in this interview Maybe since you guys have seen it, right? And he's and he's talking to this guy and they're out with the rockets You remember yep. he's out on the rockets and this guy goes, okay So you use this uh, cooling method for the stage whatever rockets, right? And he goes, yeah And he goes so you also do that with the main thrusters too, right? And he goes Well, no actually come to think of it. We don't do it that way, but actually that would make a better model. I think that makes yeah. makes more sense. I think we're gonna start doing it that way.
3: And I'm like, <laughs> like real and life. this
2: suggestion live, and he changes this entire. The, that same yeah. guy went back
0: a year later, a year later and he's he like, doing... "Yeah, totally, best idea we've ever had." On, not yeah. in the room.
2: <laughs> and, and, and literally, you suggested it while we were live on camera. You know, huh. but it's that's a token to Elon Musk's ability to go, "Hey, I've been wrong in the past. I'm sure I'll be wrong again in the future. Guess what? I'm okay being wrong, and this is the way to do it." And so I learned that, you know, one of the great things that George Morris taught me, too, is he said, it's okay to be wrong. Just seek truth. Yeah. Don't, don't keep being wrong. Don't keep being wrong. Yeah. If you find truth and you find what actually works, go use that thing, you know. And so the Clo- Closer Cult is really just an organization surround, uh, basically encompassing all of those things that I've learned over the last almost 20 years. And then just putting them to play. Like, I can't teach you about investing. Okay, I'm not very good at it. Okay, but I can't teach you about uh, paperwork, right? I can't, you know, I have a buddy who owns real estate B school, right? And, and Lars Henenberg, and he, ju- he knows business of real estate, numbers, figures, all this crap. Those are the types of people that do that stuff for me. I can teach you how to say and, and speak to people that causes them to feel rapport, feel better about working together, reduces their risk, of working with you and saying yes to your invitation to come meet with them
1: so the market that um, just to be clear the market that we've just come out of uh, and we will be going back into a lot of people were selling their homes on their own they could just put up a sign in their front yard yeah, yeah. and they could sell the home and they didn't understand the value of hiring a professional to represent them and all of that part i'm a huge believer in um, if I'm going to fix my motorcycle, I'm going to hire the right guy with the tools. You know right. what I mean? And, and I feel that way about real estate, doctors. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer for me. Yeah. Um, but the people that you're calling, they don't have that perspective. They believe that they're doing the right thing by saving money and by um, selling the house on their own. And they don't need representation. And so you are calling someone that has the mindset that you are not of value. Right. Um, and so And he's doing that in front of hundreds of people think about the marvels it takes to get to do that I, it's amazing to me um some of the hardest phone calls i've ever made i don't that's actually not a, 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 a pool that i swim in because it's just not something i enjoy doing i i do something else for my business right um which i'm i'm good at that and i'm going to stay in that area but um, <laughs> mad respect in that regard because i've heard you on the phone i've heard you have these phone calls um and you ask the question that is isn't saying well it, you're dumb to, to do it that way right which is how most people approach it right and so you, you have a completely unique style of changing thoughts. It's not even, it's there's not a convincing that's happening. It's, it's just, it's, ch- yeah, it's, it's, j- it's persuasion, right? It's persuasion. It's, it's not sh-
2: manipulation, it's persuasion. I always ask people, what's the difference? Intent. Your intent, exactly. Is that right? You're right, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's your intent. The difference between manipulation and persuasion is your intent. Yeah. So if my intent is to serve and to love and to show a, a positive solid amazing beneficial outcome to those people then it's persuasion it's not manipulation if my intent is to go get a commission and oh this is a forty thousand you know dollar commission for me that's manipulation
1: yeah Right. right and and that's the one in 100 phone call conversion right yes exactly that is the difference because
2: yeah. they can smell it when you get on the phone immediately subconsciously you yeah. yeah you're
1: almost like not even through your
2: hi my name is
3: <laughs>
1: they, Yeah, they're dropping the hammer on you so I, I um much appreciation in that if you have an opportunity uh and i would um i want to go now i'm in the business i want to learn more about the closer cult where would i go to learn more
2: so go to go to closer cult on instagram go to Old closer cult on youtube Those are the places to go to find that. Yep. And you can message me on Instagram. I'm super responsive. I have thousands of people that message me on there. Um, Some of my videos have gone mini viral, which is cool. 120, 130,000 views. So it's been, it's starting to grow. Um, But I just started closer cult like, you know, a little over a year ago. Yeah. And I started doing a podcast at the same time because um, my buddy, Jimmy Rex suggested, look, if you're doing this, you need to do a podcast at the same time. And he was like, you have to do, you have to do um, audio and video at the same time. If you're building your company, do a podcast with it. I'm like, why? He goes, because you, your connections that you make with people will be so valuable in your growth. You, it'll blow your mind. He's like, it's not about making money. It's about growing connections and who you become because who you become will provide who you, how much you make. So I was like, whoa.
0: And that's the best way that it's been put And here we are. <laughs> Why we're here. And here yes. we are.
2: Yep. I, I advise anyone to do a podcast because there's it's your story, right? Yeah. It's your presentation. It's your perspective.
1: Your delivery.
2: Your delivery.
1: Yeah. Oh man. So okay, so now we have the closer cult. And you've been in Utah since well,
2: you went to you lived in California for a while, you lived mm-hmm. in New Mexico for a mm-hmm. while, now yeah. you're moving to Florida. Yeah.
1: What the
3: hell?
2: So uh, you know uh, uh, my wife and I we uh, we've 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 rattled the the Florida can around a few times because we love it there. We love the environment. You know, I grew up in California beach community or beach you know environment. She grew up in North Carolina beach environment. So we both grew up on different coasts. We're like, where do we want to retire? And we both said Florida. I would re- retire in Florida. And I'm like, okay. Why are we waiting till retirement? To go live where we ultimately want to live we're totally mobile i fly i can get on an airplane be wherever i want four or five hours in the united states w- why wouldn't i actually exist in the place that i most desire to be i love the air i love the heat i love the streets the freeways i love the the trees the, I love food. the food i love everything about florida why am i not living where i love yeah and so I was like, okay, I don't, I don't like shoveling snow. I'm not a winter guy. I don't, you know, you don't I, ski. I don't ski very much. I don't, I haven't skied for 20 plus years. I've, I've snowboarded once in the last 20 plus years. Like Utah's not my place ultimately. And so I'm going to go live in the environment that I choose.
3: I like that.
2: Yeah. So I we're like selling, we put everything on the market, dude. I've sold up all the cars I didn't need to drag across the country. I've sold everything that I don't want to take with me and the house is on the market. And so if you know anybody wants a $2.2 $2 million property in Draper, let's go. <laughs> uh, bring that buyer now. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Dude, I'm
1: ready. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I've been kicking Florida around quite a bit myself. Annie and I, we, we've been shopping in uh, Cape Canaveral right over there yeah. by NASA.
2: Yeah, over by Cocoa Beach over yeah. there.
1: Yeah. A little bit further north, right? Because I, I like um, – I'm more rural. I really right, like yeah. the – I like the country, man. Yeah, yeah. I want to be close enough that I can go do some cool stuff. Yeah. Go see a basketball game if I want. Right. But I also want to live out there where people are calling you sir.
2: Yeah. I'll be out north. I'll be north of Orlando, which is that north central center,
1: you know, of of Florida. And being from Utah, you know, it's... 71 degrees down there and so is the water I'm out there swimming right, right. where the rest of the Floridians got their jackets on not me man I'm, yeah, dude. I'm...
2: what is it like 50 degrees right now and it's like in Florida right now it's probably 83 yeah what is the weather in Florida what does it say oh I have airplane mode on
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's an amazing idea so when you're yeah. in Florida you're going to continue to work on the podcast you're yep. going to continue to build the My the business. group coaching business yep and
2: uh, moving forward where do you see yourself um in a year in one year i see a lot more uh large event training so i'm actually doing i've actually done a ton of that already i just did one down in vegas Um, i've done multiples in california and these are group brokerage trainings so i'll have like either a brokerage or title companies will will bring me in and i'll and i'll have all these other companies there from different title companies um and you know different brokerages and then um and then, like, I, I'm, I'm doing, I'm the kickoff speaker here in Utah for the National or for the Women's Association of Realtors here in, in Utah. Oh, wow. That's a wild the, crowd. Yeah, they're a wild crowd. So, I'm the kickoff speaker for their 2024, which I'm stoked about. Wow. Um, so, I find myself in one year being speaking to many and training many and bringing these skills and these, these processes to individuals because I, I see that the market is shifting and this is going to be a skilled based market it's not going to be about how you who you know it's going to be about how you can convert people Hmm. to working with you interesting you should still do who you know it's a big deal but you need if your soi is drying up this is why you need to learn the skills in order to be able to convert people you don't know to buy real estate
0: as an outsider that makes perfect sense i mean people aren't talking to each other anymore it's that's going downhill. Yeah. And it is more about function and and what you can do and how you're going to help.
2: Yeah. And and here's the thing. People are always getting married. They're always getting divorced. They're always losing a job. They're always getting a job. They're always moving. They're always moving into town. They're moving out of town, right? People are always adjusting their lives. So real estate will always be sold in any market. It doesn't matter. But you won't know every one of those people. And the, the percentage amount of people that are doing those things has changed. And so you have to be able to be skilled enough to get on the phones and put yourself in front of those transactions, whether you know them or not. And if you're doing that, and their brothers and sisters who used to be in real estate aren't calling them and aren't doing that, then you're going to be the one that they choose. Every single person that I have listed has a relative, a brother, a sister-in-law, an aunt that's a real estate agent, and they work with me because I'm the one who put myself in front of the transaction, not them. Makes sense.
0: Makes perfect sense.
2: Man,
1: I need this. I need this tonight too. This is good stuff, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Um, five years. Where do you see yourself in five years?
2: Uh, five years um, will be wow. That's gonna be cool, man. I'm excited for five years. So ultimately, I'll have my my property out in Florida. Um, it'll be what I want it to be, as far as how it looks and how it feels. Um, I'll I'll have my friendship group, closer cult will be on a much greater level and grander thousands upon thousands of people attending the events. Um, and uh, that will be, I will feel amazing at that point. Like we're seeking feelings, right? Mm. We're seeking, we seek moments. Like if we look at all the most experiences. important experiences in our life, they happened in moments. Yeah. You know, that incredible, the wedding, the the birth of the child, the that job, that career change, that adjustment to your income, that, that big giant sale or deal that you did those were the, what you remember about those were the moments when you felt that experience. And I'm excited to feel that moment when closer cult gets to that point. Cause I do have this vision of three, 4,000 people in the room and very clear picture. Yeah. Very clear
3: picture.
1: I love that. Yeah. Uh, let's just say then um, if you could Alma look back at, at the uh, Alma, that's just getting into the business, mm. that young man who's just, kind of putting it together kind of figuring it out yeah what would you tell
2: him oh man um first of all don't be so serious (laughs) don't be so serious calm down bro calm the freak down yeah yeah i remember getting lightheaded thinking about how much money i was going to make on a deal right yeah if you can change and adjust the way you think about the deal it's not about you so stop being so serious yeah be their friend be their confidant help them serve them And then let them close the deal and then collect your commission when it's done and count it after you know i used to get so freaked out when i would do a deal and i'm like oh dude this means 10 grand that would pay my rent for whatever right you got to cut that off you have to be unattached to the outcome of every deal once you get to that point your your business will explode Hmm man and that's
1: true in everything that's, yes that's yeah. true in every area in your coaching business in my and thanksgiving's heroes the minute i get out of that space yes. away we it go it explodes yeah but then i keep coming back and no oh, well you know i'm gonna negotiate the price of the boxes now and that doesn't matter <laughs> off we go you know what i mean yep. it's this crazy um energy energy of consciousness and 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 manifesting and it just flows in and then I close up, and then it opens up again, and that's amazing. That's What would our wives say? You need to get in flow or something, or in state? Get in the vortex. Yeah, get in the vortex. (laughs) Uh, So uh, that's all all good things. Now, as we're kind of bringing the podcast to an end, we've talked about a lot, a big range of things. What is something important that we haven't talked about that we need to know about Alma? Uh,
2: I don't know what most people know. And what I mean by that is... Like I, I am not, I'm not as big as everybody thinks I am. I just speak some truth, not all truth. I don't know how to do everything, and I think that's important to know that you don't know how to do everything, and that if you're good at something, exploit the shit out of it. Be good at it. Be good as fuck.
3: Yeah. At what
2: you're good. Be the best at what you're at. Yeah. Like I, I remember I was like, I'm thinking I was over overthinking closer cult right, and I'm like, okay, I need. I I'm not very good at this or this or this right and I'm like I don't really have to be good at those things that's not me that's not what it is closer cult is not everything it's just something
1: yeah a thing
2: it's a thing yeah. it's not everything yeah, yeah and so I'm not I'm not going to teach people how to flip houses and work with buyers right I hate fucking working with buyers <laughs> like my center I let my wife do it she loves it she's amazing at it so just I would say I would say that's something that I think people need to know is that I don't know everything I've had. I've had years where I was rich as hell and I've had years that I, after that, that I was poor as hell. It hasn't been this super clean, smooth all the way to the top. Yeah, let's go. It's been like a challenge learning this stuff and digging through this shit. And you, you refine yourself and change yourself every few years into someone new and it enables you to open up this new space of knowledge and then you move into that next section. I'm just barely getting into investments, dude. I've been selling real estate for 20 years and I skipped my first investment and I'm like barely stepping into the investment arena. Cause all I've done is feed my business through expireds and for sale by owners and then had a pretty decent return on my first, my sphere of influence that I created. Yeah. And so but that's I'm, not sustainable. It's not sustainable.
1: Sustainable is something that's going to give you money. That's
2: right. When you're not there. Yeah. And I, I, I look at that. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm late to the game, right? Yeah. No, I'm just in my game. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not late to the table. I'm not late to the investment game. I'm just doing it at my level and at my pace. There's a lot of refinement that happens. I've had a lot of shit go down in my life and in my family. I've gone through two marriages. I, have you know, there's all this stuff. It's okay to to be on your pace and on your schedule. Mm. It's okay. Wisdom right there. It's okay. Not to have everything you thought you would have by this age. Yeah. Because you can have all... Of, I plan to live to 100, dude. I'm not even halfway there yet. 112, that's my number. Really? 112? Yeah. Badass, yeah, dude. Yeah, I got I gotta it out. Dude, you're going to beat me. <laughs> uh, Wait, how old, you, how old are you? 52. 52, yeah, I'm 44. At so the yeah. same time, we'll check out. Yeah, we'll check out, dude. See you at the pearly gates, my <laughs> yeah. friend. They swing,
1: they don't roll, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's good. That is good. Well, how, um, how my you like the, I, well, the last point you're talking about comparing criticizing and judging these are the words that we've used we've skirted around this the whole time mm-hmm. and here you are in a place that you've given up comparing i'm not going to compare myself to this other investor i'm right. on i'm on my time yeah i'm judging we've talked a lot about mm-hmm. that um, how are you staying centered? What are you doing? Is it this morning activity that
2: is really the key? It starts when you wake up, man. Yeah. It's what are you thinking about, you know? And oftentimes, you, you can't control the first thought that comes into your mind, but you can control the second. Ooh man. And the third and the fourth. And then you can get into meditation. And then you can go have your ice bath. And then you can have whatever it is that you need to do to get to, to center yourself. But I've learned that, man. Sometimes I wake up and my thoughts are shit. Yeah. My first thought is shit. And then I'm like, okay, but I got to readjust. So I can't control the first but I can control the second and so on.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, um, listen, um, fans. Uh, number one, thank you yeah. for being yes, a part I'm of our good. podcast. This has been. Dude, this
2: went way out of like well, this was completely out of hand tonight. By yeah, the way. yeah. Was, <laughs> we, we, we covered a lot of ground. We did. Um, I'm grateful that
1: you were able to come in. I, I knew that this was going to be a good podcast because I've never had a conversation with you that was boring. Never too, have, it's, it's, dude. I've it's loved been good. Yeah,
2: I've loved knowing you and being a part of your life. Thank
1: you so much. And I
2: feel honored to be a part of your life. Same. I feel that
1: brother. Um, <laughs> if you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share this podcast, um, click on the button, click on the thumbs up. This is wisdom here. This was good for me. And I hope it was good for you too. Please tell your friends and family and become part of the American Masterminds as we're growing and learning together. Um, tune in next week when we bring you more information that's going to make your life better. Thank you, Alma Merrill. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Everyone Alma. for here. Thank you
2: guys. Appreciate you for having me on.